Welcome to Words with Wishlist. I'm Wishlist, also known as Wish on the Beat or Emily Davidson. I'm a songwriter, music producer, multi-instrumentalist, and former classical cellist and music educator. In this podcast, we explore inspirational topics on self-reflection and personal growth with creatives in mind. Whether you're a professional artist or a passionate hobbyist, I hope to offer some insight and food for thought for anyone on a creative journey. Hi and welcome. I created this podcast to share some of my insights that I've gained by being a professional artist and creative and really embracing the artist's life. If you're in a creative field too, of course we have to be technical masters at our skill and we have to put in work and we have to dedicate ourselves to our craft. But really being an artist is a lifestyle and it encompasses much more than just the doing of our particular art. We have to be growing ourselves from every angle to truly be the greatest person we can be and therefore create the greatest art that we can create. I thought it was fitting for this first episode to talk about knowing ourselves because that's really where everything stems from. Knowing yourself is not something that can be completed. We're, of course, always growing and evolving and changing and striving to be the best we can be in this life. So it's not really something that we just attain. It's an ongoing process, knowing ourselves. So I thought I would start by sharing the ways that I've come to know myself and how that's helped me along my creative journey and some things that you can maybe consider for yourself or start to explore as you're getting to know yourself better and grow into the person that you want to be. So many of us get caught up in external validation or striving for success or just striving for financial independence and freedom, which is not an easy thing to attain as an artist these days. And we can get so pulled into these distractions or these goals as we set them that we actually lose sight of who we are at the core and why we want to be doing art in the first place. It's no secret that artistic careers tend to chew people up and spit them out, and many people end up quitting or leaving the artistic field behind for something more stable. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has their own path and their own way that being an artist plays into their life. It doesn't have to be 100% of your life. It doesn't have to be your way that you make a financial living. But it can be, and finding that balance is also a part of knowing yourself and knowing what you want for your life. But I do believe the reason that a lot of people end up leaving these fields is not just because of how difficult they are, but because they lose themselves in the process. So the more that you can keep yourself in tune with who you are deep down and knowing yourself, the more you'll stay on the path or be able to, in a comfortable way, decide to walk away from the path without resentment, without anger, because it comes from a place of knowing yourself and knowing what you want for your life. So probably the best way to go about this is to talk a little bit about myself and my journey and how I've come to know myself. Now, I was born lucky in a sense that I always had a very strong sense of identity. As a young child, I knew what I liked, I knew what I didn't like, I knew what I wanted to do, I was inspired, I had ideas, and I wasn't too preoccupied with what other people thought of me and my ideas. I also had very supportive parents who allowed me to follow my passions and didn't put a lot of judgment or criticism on me. So I was very lucky in that regard that I was able from a young age to really explore my true authentic self. 
I'm aware that not everybody has this luxury and has had to fight from a young age uh, against other people and judgments just to be who they want to be. But it's never too late to focus on yourself again, to shed all the belief systems that you may have inherited from your family, your parents, your environment, and start to really think for yourself and put your own self-identity first. You can do this at any stage in life. It may be harder later in life to let go of some thought patterns you've had for many years, but it is always possible to be putting your authentic self first. So my own natural instincts aside, one of the things that was very useful for me in coming to learn about myself and really see myself almost from a wide view lens was astrology. Now, not everybody resonates with astrology or finds it intriguing, but there are a lot of ways that you can kind of get an outsider perspective on yourself to start to gain some insights. So some people like the Myers-Briggs personality tests. Human design is another concept similar to astrology in how it learns about you, but the information is displayed in a different way um, and conveyed differently. So looking into some form of uh, self-study like astrology, human design, even therapy works well for some people who haven't had as much space to really reflect on their own thoughts or have someone listen to their thoughts. Therapy can be very helpful for this. But finding some way to gain insights about yourself that are outside of your own head can start to give you some context for your own personal experiences. And once we get some outside perspective on the way that we're built and the things that we value and maybe some explanation as to why we are the way we are, things that we already know in our heart and already feel true to get validated by something external, um, like astrology, like a reading with someone, uh, like a therapy session, whatever happens that kind of gives you that moment where it clicks, something that you feel inside has been validated by something on the outside, then you can really start to look at those things and say, okay, well, what do I want to do about this? What do I want to make of this? For me, I've always been a musician and music has always come first. If you don't know my story, I was a classical musician for the whole first part of my career. I went to college for classical cello playing and then did a master's degree specializing in more classical cello playing. So I identified myself as a classical musician. That's how I was putting myself out there in the world. That was my role was to bring classical music to the masses. And I did do that and I got a lot of reward from that and I got a lot of affirmations from doing that. But as I delved into my astrology chart, I personally learned about myself that I was meant to spiritually inspire others and uh, to have sort of a more spiritual, deeper purpose outside of just material goals and that I was meant to sort of show others the way with love and compassion and wisdom. And while I always felt like an old soul, I always felt on some level spiritually connected, that was not in the forefront of what I was trying to do. That's not where I was putting my focus. I was putting my focus in studying, practicing, mastering my instrument. And there are, of course, other things in my astrology chart and in my, you know, self 
knowledge that I learned that support me being an artist, being a musician, playing instruments even can be seen in my astrology chart in a way. So it's not that I wasn't supposed to be doing classical music or doing what I was doing, but there was more that I could be offering people. And it made sense because I always felt like this old soul. I always felt like I had wisdom and knowledge for other people, but it wasn't really where I was putting my focus. But what I saw in my years of my classical career is when I would share things that were maybe to inspire young students or to help motivate people to follow their dreams, which is what I did as a classical cellist. And I did become a classical cellist kind of against the odds because I had not been studying very long at all when I went to college for it. I was behind all of my peers. I was not really seen as someone who was going to make it. And I did, and that was from persevering and believing in myself and having faith and, of course, working very hard. But so once I achieved that, I started to put more information out there on my YouTube channel and things like that where I was normally sharing classical music. I started sharing more inspirational-type content to encourage other students who were maybe like me, who were not feeling, you know, supported by their teachers and their peers that you can do it and the ways that I did it. And I received such positive response. I mean, I was getting more response from videos like that than I was from my actual music. Now, it's not to say that my music wasn't worth anything because that's what I was really, that's how I was paying my bills, that's what I was doing with my time. I know many people were enjoying my music, but that was a good example where knowing myself, knowing that I'm here to help uplift others and to share my own experience and therefore inspire others was something that I didn't really want to face. I kind of wanted to play my cello and just do my music and have my inspiration be kind of kept to myself or maybe share it with friends, you know, if conversations were happening naturally. But it almost felt arrogant to put myself out there as a guru who could help people with their lives. Like I felt more like I'm a musician. I want to be making music. That's what I'm here to do. But getting to know myself better through astrology in my case, but also seeing the results when I embraced, I'm someone who can inspire people. I'm someone who can uplift people. I'm someone who can help others gain a new perspective. Learning to embrace that has only enriched my life and also enriched what I'm able to give others. So it's been very valuable for me to widen the scope of what I think is possible for me. Something all of us deal with is what's called self-limiting beliefs, the idea that we can't do certain things that come from our upbringing or difficult experiences that we have. We are the ones that stop ourselves from doing whatever it is that we want to do. So once we start to get to know ourselves better and what we're capable of, we can then start to shed some of those self-limiting beliefs that say, oh, well, I'm not a guru, I'm a musician. Like, well, no, what you're saying to people is helping people. Therefore, you are a guru of sorts and you can embrace that role. Now, that's sort of how it's been for me. And I did do quite a bit of teaching in my cello career. So that was an opportunity, again, for me to be seen kind of as a role model or guru of sorts. And while I really enjoyed connecting with my students, teaching cello lessons is not really what I wanted to be 
doing with my time, but it was clear from my students and from my students' parents, if they were kids, that I was having a very positive effect on the students just by being present with them, by guiding them, by listening to them. I saw, well, I seem to have some sort of gift in this teaching area, but I don't want to be teaching cello lessons all the time. I'm an artist. I want to be making art. So finding a way for myself to still have an outlet to try to help people, try to share my perspective, is also something that comes from a place of self-knowledge. I could just kind of shut this part of me away, but I think we all see in life that we truly thrive and get the results that we want when we're embracing all of the gifts that we've been given in life. And when we put some of those gifts away in a closet because we don't want to deal with them or we don't want to be that kind of person, we're actually shutting down an entire part of ourselves that is here to thrive and to share our gifts with the world. So for me, stepping into a role where I can help guide or inspire others also supports my art because my own art comes from a place of self-knowledge and self-reflection. I mentioned that I did classical music. That was my job up until a couple years ago. I have since transitioned into a different musical role where I write and produce music myself. So I've stepped into what is to me an even more creative space because I am now composing and writing music myself as opposed to classical music where I felt that I was creative and artistic but I was always working with something that already existed, that was already written. So, and I was following rules. That's what you do in classical music. You study it and you learn it and you learn the tradition and you learn the techniques and then you execute those traditions and techniques and you put your own artistic and creative flavor to those techniques. But you're still following a rule book. Whereas when I started writing my own music, suddenly there was no more rule book and I could really do anything that I wanted. And I was creatively much more free. And I found that as I started to embrace the life of writing myself and creating music myself, a whole side of me started to open where all the rules of life and society and what's expected of us started to have a different kind of value. It's valuable to know and understand all of this, but our own internal moral compass and value is really where we should be directing our life decisions, not based on expectations of others or expectations of society or even our past expectations for ourselves, what we always wanted for our life, which was maybe a misguided thought that came you know, from some other influence outside of ourselves. So writing music really led me to a place of deeper, deeper self-reflection because even the process of creating art is a form of self-reflection. We're drawing from our own experiences, sometimes even things that we can't put into words and creating them into a physical medium. So when we're doing that, we need to be coming from a place of strong self-understanding. And if we don't have it in that moment, we're going to gain that self-understanding through the process of making art. So for me, stepping into more of an inspirational leader, guru type role was hand in hand with beginning to create more art. 
Another thing that I learned as I continued to go deeper in myself and for me exploring spirituality along with astrology is what helped really deepen my connection to myself and my understanding of myself is that all of us really have a unique blueprint. It's really easy to look around at other people and think that looks great, I want that life. But we're all built as wonderful unique snowflakes and I know that's such a cliche, but it's really true. So the only person who can really help ourselves the most is ourselves because everybody from the outside is gonna be looking from their own vantage point of who they are, what they've been through, what their experiences are, the way they've come to understand the world through their eyes. And it can be very useful to get outside perspectives. I think outside perspectives are very valuable, but Ultimately, it's the perspective we have of ourselves that's going to be guiding all our decisions, whether they're conscious decisions or not. So you want to make sure that the way that you understand yourself and what you want, what motivates you, what makes you happy, what stresses you out, all of those things should come first, your own understanding. And then you can go to others for second opinions to bounce ideas off of, but if you haven't spent the time getting to know yourself on your terms only, then you're always in this sort of half in half out world where you're kind of responding to everybody else and not really knowing deep down what it is that you want. So I could do entire other episodes about specifically how I've used astrology to help me or how, you know, something like therapy can be helpful, but everyone is going to have their own road to this. For some people, it might just be meditating each day and spending that time with themselves. For some people, it might be leaving a toxic relationship that has, you know, control over them psychologically and emotionally and creating space in order to see themselves again without a partner affecting that. Whatever it is, we all have our own journey, but you'll probably realize if you sit with yourself, you can identify the things that you feel are blocking you from really connecting with yourself. So I thought it would be helpful to also talk a little bit about some specifics that I know about myself that I've learned through my life. Also, again, for me, using astrology as a tool and how I've been able to take those qualities about myself and integrate them into my life in a healthy way. One thing for me is that I have very deep and sometimes dark emotions. So this is probably what drew me to being an artist and doing music because playing music is a great healthy way to feel and express darker emotions, but in a way that creates a positive output, which is the music itself. So when I was younger, especially music was my number one comfort for having dark, uncomfortable emotions. And playing my instruments continued to be a very healthy outlet for me to take those darker feelings and transform them into something beautiful like music. Now, of course, we all have darker feelings at times. What I'm saying more is that those darker shades of emotions were more common for me, um, sometimes even a place where I felt more safe than feeling happy and optimistic. Um, optimism and, you know, kind of exuberant positivity was not an emotional experience that I felt very often. And doesn't mean I wouldn't have happy moments, but I would see certain people who just seemed exuberantly happy a lot of the time. And I would think like, is there something wrong with me? Why don't I feel like that? Why is that? What is that person doing that I'm not doing? 
And thankfully it was through astrology that I learned about my moon sign, which represents your emotional nature, and realized that my emotional nature is of a darker shade and it's gonna come with some challenges, but those challenges lead to rich rewards if I'm willing to go there and I'm willing to approach it with maturity and um, a drive to be better. Not better in the sense that I fix my dark emotions, but that I allow them to bring something positive into my life as opposed to dwelling and creating more darkness. But had I not known that about myself and my emotional nature, I might have gone through the world feeling like there was something wrong with me for not being as happy as other people or not having that same level of optimism. Another example is that I've always been kind of different. And what I mean by different is when I was younger, you know, I just, I had eclectic tastes and I expressed myself in a way that was not the norm. Um, when I was younger, you know, in school, it was more about like crazy hairstyles or weird bands that I listened to or weird eccentric interests that I had. But I was just kind of always off the cuff, a little bit different than everyone else. Now, thankfully, again, I like I said, I had very supportive parents who allowed me to explore that and didn't ridicule me for it. I had been ridiculed sometimes in school, that's natural, we kind of all get bullied or made fun of at some point in our childhood, but thankfully I, you know, had a strong will and I didn't really let that bump me off the course. But someone else, maybe who didn't have as fortunate of an upbringing as me, who may have the same inclinations, would think there was something wrong with them for being weird or different. But again, for me, through astrology, I learned no, this is the type of person that I am. I'm, I have an eclectic set of tastes. I do things differently than average. If there's an average, I'm probably going to be doing the, the minority choice of, of what's less common to do. That's probably what I'm going to be doing. And that's not wrong of me. That's just the type of person that I am. And learning to embrace, okay, there's going to be fewer people doing the same things that I'm doing because I tend to be attracted to the minority decision, the different thing to do. That's what attracts me. That's what feels in line with who I am. That's what feels right for me. So I don't need to learn to conform. I don't need to learn to do things the way everyone else does them. I can embrace that I do things differently and also still support the people who want to do things the normal way because everybody has their own path. So just getting that insight too has been really helpful in understanding, you know, because at times if you tend to make the minority choice or do something that's not as common, it can feel isolating and it can feel alone sometimes that nobody understands because everybody is doing this one thing and you want to do something different. But learning, well, this is the way I am and sometimes there has to be trailblazers. There have to be people doing things differently so that there can be change in the world. And it's not always the easiest thing to be the one leading the way down a path that hasn't been paved, but somebody's got to do it. And learning to embrace that sometimes I might be that person who has to pave a new road gives me at least a sense of meaning and purpose in a path that can sometimes feel isolating and discouraging. Last thing I'll share today that I learned about myself is that I am very emotionally empathetic um, and very emotionally tuned in to other people. So this is not really by choice. And so that's why it took me a while to sort of come to understand and pinpoint 
uh, this quality in myself. But I would notice, even as a teen, I noticed this, but I didn't connect the dots. If I spent time around someone who was going through a hard time or who had a kind of negative mindset, I would find myself feeling really weighed down and similarly negative after spending time with them. But I would not connect that what was going on was I was taking on a lot of their emotional baggage. Now, nobody likes to be complained to, but I think people have a different amount of how much they take that on. And sometimes when you're not aware of it, if you're the type of person to take on other people's emotions, you can take them on and not realize that they're coming from somebody else. So... I would sometimes surround myself with negative or unhealthy people and then feel negative and unhealthy all the time without realizing that I was taking on something that didn't even belong to me, that wasn't even a part of my own experience, but I was then carrying it with me. And because not everybody has this problem, it's an easy thing to dismiss like, oh, well, just don't think about it or just focus on yourself and kind of try to intellectualize yourself out of having that experience. But once I just accepted, I am emotionally empathetic. I have a thin barrier between me and other people's emotions. Like it wasn't uncommon for me if I was dealing with a friend who was sad and crying for me to maybe start crying too. Like I, I tune into people very closely, which I think is a great asset. But when the emotions are more difficult, that can become very hard on me to maintain an equilibrium. So by learning this about myself, again, supported in my astrology, but also something I've reflected on in myself for a long time, I've learned, okay, I have a delicate emotional composition when I'm dealing with others, and therefore I need to be aware of the boundaries that I set with other people and what my limitations are emotionally. Because if I'm letting myself get drained by other people, trying to save and help other people who need it all the time, then I'm just gonna be exhausted and depleted all day long. So I need to find ways to still be there for people and help them and guide them and inspire them and do whatever it is that I'm able to do for people, but do it in such a way where I'm able to protect and maintain my emotional balance. But had I not known or accepted how empathetic I was because I didn't really identify as a super emotional person, like. I tend to be very intellectual, I think in my head, I'm very work-motivated and driven, I'm very practical, so I don't always fit the mold of what we consider to be an emotional, sensitive person. But that's a way that I was limiting myself, my own idea of who I thought I was, was telling me, oh, you're not that emotional, you're strong, you're tough, you can work through anything, you can detach. So I wasn't allowing myself to actually see something that was very much affecting me. So that's why the external things, like I've said a bunch in this already, it was astrology for me. It could be a Myers-Briggs test, human design, therapy, a talk with a trusted friend, but something on the outside that just helps you see a little bit beyond your own perspective. It doesn't mean that you have to believe it, but it becomes a new consideration. For me, when I learned this part of myself was so compassionate and empathetic, sometimes to a fault, I felt very seen for the first time. I thought, okay, yeah, no one ever says, oh, you're such an emotional person. So I was never able to really validate for myself that I was this sensitive to other people's feelings and other people's experiences. 
Knowing yourself is not something we can really complete. It's an ongoing journey for our entire lives, especially because we're changing and evolving all the time. But in order to truly flourish, we have to be aligned with everything that makes us a unique, amazing person on this earth. Everything that has happened to us has happened to shape us into the person that we are meant to be. And even the challenges and the difficulties are opportunities for us to level up and make the most of a bad experience. It's said all the time, but growth doesn't happen in your comfort zone and growth doesn't happen when you're thriving even. We should all hope to thrive, but it is in the challenges and the difficulties where we often learn what we're made of, learn what we don't want, and learn how to strive for the things that we do want that will make us happy so that we can thrive again. So why is all of this so important? What if you can just make great art that people love that's really successful but still not really deal with all this stuff? Well, you're not gonna be happy deep down is really what it is. Because there are artists who are successful, but they do it by sort of following what's expected of them or what's popular or what they think will gain them success. And they end up feeling ultimately unfulfilled and unhappy. This kind of goes back to the beginning of the episode where I was talking about how many people walk away from artistic careers. So remember that knowing yourself and aligning with your true identity and purpose and what you want in life is not only going to lead to the best successes, but it's going to feel like the best successes because it's truly aligned with what you want and who you are. It's easy to think that we can fill ourselves up by meeting all the external expectations around us from other people and even the ones that we've made up in our head that seem like the great things we should have. But those are the things that will just leave us feeling empty if we're ignoring parts of ourselves. So I hope this inspired you to look a little bit deeper into yourself, whether that's just spending time with yourself away from any distractions or any other thoughts, or it's diving deeper using some sort of self-study method like astrology or human design. I encourage you to spend that time with yourself, get to know what really makes you tick and what makes you feel alive so you can bring that into your everyday and feel a more complete person as a result. Even small changes can make a huge difference in how we feel in the day-to-day. It doesn't mean you have to quit your job and make your passion into your work. Like I said, it's not just about the ways that you make money to pay the bills. It's about how you live every single day and the types of things you fill your life with, the types of thoughts you fill your head with, and if that's really supporting the best person that you can be on your own terms as your own unique self. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends or reach out to me on social media. All my links can be found at wishlistmusic.com. That's W-I-S-H-L-Y-S-T music.com. All the music in this episode can be found wherever you get music under Wishlist or Wish on the Beat. <laughs>